episode 33 of the Trail Talk Show. Welcome to the podcast where I talk gear, trails, rides, racing, and more with the occasional special guest and the hottest topics in the off-road community. I'm your host, Jordan Hewlett. If you're a new listener, hit that subscribe button, rate, and review. It really helps us out here. And if you've come back for another listen, thank you. New episodes each week, as long as I'm not bombarded with scheduling conflicts, in which case I'll do my best to let you know when there will not be an episode or if an episode will be late, such as this week. If you're new to the show, I like to begin each episode with a segment I call A Week in Review. I recap what's been going on in my life since the last episode. Race Prep been back in race prep mode as Sunday, September 5th. We're racing the Valley Off-Road Racing Association's Yarrington 300. This year's course, just about 73 miles for our Pro UTV class. We'll be running four laps, totaling approximately 288 miles through the desert. I have not yet had a chance to look at the complete overview of the course, but knowing the area, I believe this course will be fast-paced with tight technical sections. Should be a really fun and challenging course for race teams. Our car is going back together, pretty much is back together after the rough and messy Vegas Torino and the previous Fallon event. Frame damages continued and continuous repairs um, required a complete teardown of our Polaris Razor Turbo S. We've completed testing and we expect to be ready to fully race by Sunday. Last Sunday, we tacked, tackled a great trail ride with Matthew of the Nevada Off-Road Association. If you've listened to the show, he was a guest on a previous episode if you missed that episode or any other, you can listen back anytime on your favorite streaming apps. Similar to our previous ride, we started out at Johnson Lane and ventured into the trails of the Pine Nut Mountains. This ride had a few more technical climbs with rock-covered section and steepish uphill climbs. Overall, we did just over 50 miles before the wildfire smoke rolled in, and we called it a day. A few episodes ago, I touched on lighting. Lighting zones and placement of lighting. I covered forward-facing light, side lighting, and rear work or reverse lighting. So today I'm going to spend some time talking about chase lighting. Or sometimes I like to call it, I just need to look cool at the dunes lighting. The chase lighting I'm going to cover today is for trail riders, dune destroyers, and your common recreational riders. There are a few different forms of chase lights. The purpose of rear chase lighting is safety. Having the ability to see the rig in front of you through the dust is a rather important key factor in trail safety. It not only keeps you from running into the back of someone, but it also allows you to see if they've slowed down, made a turn, or stopped completely. Now you're thinking, 
My UTV has taillights. Are those good enough? Yes and no. Taillights, just like Grandma's Toyota Prius, serve a purpose. If you've spent any time off-road in any vehicle following someone, you know there's this thing such as dust. And it kicks up. It makes it very difficult to see those taillights. That's where the chase light shines. Literally. There are a handful of different manufacturers, styles, and types. And I'm not going to take the time to review them all. Well, because I'll post links in the description for you to check each brand out at your leisure. I'll start with the most common. And the one that there are more than enough manufacturers of. LED whips. Most LED whips range from three foot all the way up to eight feet tall. Where these are best served is dune riding. Commonly flying high with a flag or two on top, whips provide visibility over obstacles that may be taller than your UTV or off-road vehicle. They come in many colors controllable to change the colors, patterns, shit. Most will dance along to whatever music is you have cranked as you park at the staging area to show off your latest and greatest. Now, full disclosure. I've run whips. I ran whips on our CF Moto. They serve their purpose. Sometimes. There are negatives to the whips. They are not really very bright in daytime use. I'll get into day versus night here in a bit, but at night they're perfect. During the day, the whips are washed out by daylight. Whips have to be secured down when trailering or trying to pull into your garage. And when ripping over whoops or rhythm sections, they tend to slap the roof and make you think Hunter Joe is beside you taking shots. But whips serve their purpose in the right place at the right time. Some of the more common whips are buggy whipped, rough country, dragonfire racing, and more. The list keeps going and going and going, even to your typical Amazon knockoffs that fail you constantly and you just keep buying and returning. The next option for chase lighting is what we're currently running. And that's a chase bar. Chase bars come from various brands, various designs, sizes, and functions. These most commonly have a brake light or two that can function as turn signals if equipped on your rig, a strobe light or two, and work lights. I'll cover the bar we're currently running just to give you an idea of why I prefer chase lights over the whips. <coughs> Excuse me. We're currently running the San Felipe 36-inch chase light made by Desert Tech or Rear Light Bar, whatever their name is this week. I chose this bar for a few reasons. First off, build quality. The aluminum casing with bottom or rear options for mounting the light made it really easy to have multiple install options. Our rear light bar consists of two red brake lights, two amber strobe lights, 
and two white work or reverse lights. The amber strobes can be turned on or off as needed and have multiple strobe patterns. The red lights function as brake lights and running lights. And with the press of a rocker switch, the rear white lights or work lights come on, giving off more than enough light for backing up or digging through your cooler at night. RLBs are 100% plug and play ready with all of the major manufacturers of UTVs and include the wiring harness and switches. The mounts are about 30 bucks and are well worth it. RLB has models for recreation, racing, and more. I'll post a link to their website and our bar in the description of this episode. Now there's other brands, such as Rigid, one of the most popular names in off-road lighting. With a few options for UTVs, they have a chase light that functions similar to the San Felipe we're running, features brake lights, 11 selectable strobe patterns in amber colors and reverse lights. More than double the price of RLB's light, plus the additional cost of a rigid specific mounting bracket, this light is awesome, but to me, incredibly overpriced. Now, you want that high mounted light, but you don't want to mount a full bar, or maybe simply don't have the space. Rigid also has a chase light that is two inches tall by seven inches wide in three color options, red, amber, and blue. Functions with brake, strobe, and reverse lighting. The downfall to this light is it's only one color option. So if needing work light, it's going to be one of those three colors. Just as I previously mentioned, I will drop that link in the description. Other top manufacturers like Baja Designs also makes a killer looking and perfectly functioning chase light. But who cares what brand you run? I don't care if you've spent $200 or $900 on your chase light. To me, it's all about safety. I mentioned the visibility factor. Now covering a, the tail as old as time, light versus dark, Day riding versus night riding are two completely different experiences. Each offers their own challenges. During the day, dust kicks up and sunlight washes out the trail in front of you, making it difficult to not only see the trail, but to see any vehicles in front of you. Here's why I recommend the chase bar. The light output is at least double or triple of the whips, and that light cuts through the dust, allowing those behind you to see where you're at. Whips in the daylight just don't cut it. At night, challenges of decreased surrounding visibility and trail distance, line of sight disappears. I covered how to handle this issue in my other lighting episode. But for rear-facing or chase light, it's just as important. Now at night, tail lights have more ability to cut through the dust. And just because it's dark, it doesn't mean the dust goes to sleep. Whips at night are easily visible at times. Chase bar strobes 
are often too bright. They need to be turned off to allow the person behind you to see. With the strobes off, your brake lights and red running lights remain on, which allow the riders behind you to still have that safety factor of visibility. Now I know many of you do both, day rides, night rides, trails, dunes, and each area has its challenges in the dark. There's absolutely nothing wrong with running both or multiple options. If you're a fan of the dunes and love, and love riding the dunes, I highly recommend Lighted Whip or two for night riding. But for the trails, it's my, in, in my opinion that chase lights outperform the whips all day and all night long. So if you do both, install both. Your whips are easy to remove and store when not in use. It's always ha a good thing to have anything that can alert others of your location and allow them to see you before it's too late. So I just wanted to touch on chase lighting and explain why chase lighting is important. This week's episode, a little shorter than most, this actually might be my shortest episode ever. But with that, I'll bookend today's episode. Again, if you missed any part of today's show or any previous episode, you can listen back 24-7 on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite streaming apps. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, and I'll be back week, back next week with another new episode of a Yearington 300 recap. For the Trail Talk Show, I'm Jordan. So long, everybody.